Hey, this is Tom Gray. Welcome to This Stuff Matters, the podcast. And this is the episode for release date, October the 11th, 2023. And yes, that is a Wednesday. This makes two Wednesdays in a row. We're going to get back on our Tuesday release date, but uh, you know how that works sometimes. I get a day behind on some stuff and every now and then it takes a little time to get caught up to your normal schedule. Well, uh, I am excited about today's episode and the next two that I have planned and I really want to go into current relevant events and frame them up in what I trust will be, I hope super helpful to you, but I trust will be beneficial for all of us to really think about how we deal with the issues uh, involved. And so what I want to do is talk about Indigenous Peoples Day, which was at the date of my recording of this episode. It was yesterday. It was Monday, October the 9th, 2023. And then I also want to tie it in with our framing of what's happening in Israel, the the war that now has begun over the weekend. And it's around this basic issue. Uh, I think that uh, most of us uh, as Americans and those that might at this point consider ourselves Christian, uh, Christian Americans, or others that maybe aren't overtly Christian, but, you know, got a kind of a, at least a a leaning perhaps or um, a, an affinity for traditional American uh, virtues and values and, and cultural definitions, which of course I think obviously even non-Christians can say, you know, yeah, 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 there's a connection there between the biblical foundations of this nation and its uh, its identity and culture. But what do we do with this? Because we as loving Americans, as Christian Americans, we love indigenous peoples. Yeah, we, we love all people. We, we value highly um, people of different cultures, uh, of all of the different continents every, everywhere around uh, on the face of planet Earth. And so we, we, there's nothing wrong with, in fact, we celebrate elevating the worth and value, dignity, respect uh, of every human being, every tribe, every culture, every people group. So we love that, but it feels like, you know, something's been being uh, something a little bit dubious is afoot in supplanting what has been Columbus Day. And what the actual legally recognized federal holiday is, is still Columbus Day, although it's an amazing thing among all the federal holidays. It's kind of the, the least observed and the least uniformly uh, observed around the nation. Different states treat it very differently. You can research this. It's, it's actually kind of interesting. And Indigenous Peoples Day is not really an official, a formal thing, um, but it get, does get proclaimed by different governors and uh, some state legislatures and some, uh, you know, mayors of different cities and that kind of a thing. And so, but what, I'm an Apple product guy on my computer and my phone, and I, li- I like it generally speaking, but iCal, the Apple calendar is what I use for all my calendaring. And, and they, they put into my calendar... And I know somebody could tell me how to do this probably that I haven't been able to figure it out. But I know I've clicked on the thing that says, yeah, go ahead and um, basically go ahead and populate the calendar with national holidays. So I kind of have those built in. I don't have to enter them myself. But what they do, what Apple does with that is they put a whole bunch of stuff in there that are not national holidays, aren't U.S. holidays. I've got Eid al-Fatir on there in April, a Muslim holiday. I've got the Day of the Dead that Apple puts on my computer, November 2nd. What, you know, what is that? I've got all these kinds of things, including Monday was Indigenous Peoples Day right there alongside of Columbus Day. And you can't delete those. I, I don't have a choice. I mean, I know there's a way I could choose to delete all of them, I guess. 
but I can't individually go in and say, that's not a holiday to me. I, I've got, that, that's a, somebody's forcing that one on me or somebody's forcing an agenda on me or, or, or something here by including that. Why, why don't I have the freedom to pick and choose which ones show up on my calendar, you know, so they don't give you that freedom in that context. And that's nothing, honestly, I know we know that. But there is something, I think, in the collective conscience of us as Americans these days that rubs us wrong. What's going on? Why are we, you know, canceling Columbus? I mean, you know, uh, and certainly aren't we beyond or shouldn't we be beyond? And don't we know better than to throw the baby out with the bathwater just because somebody may have done some things that are objectionable, maybe highly objectionable, obviously. It doesn't mean that everything they did is to be, uh, you know, criticized, discounted and discarded. I mean, Christopher Columbus, this isn't a, the point of this episode isn't Christopher Columbus, but, you know, among all the figures throughout human history, certainly there are huge, uh, hugely admirable and highly respected and, you know, educated people would do well to learn from uh, his faith, his st- leaps of faith, his, his boldness, his uh, scientific mind, his organizational leadership, all, all those things. So on and on. So, so something dubious is afoot here. How do we process that? And similarly, let's tie this in with Israel and Palestine. Whew, you know, I, I think it's pretty, pretty commonly unanimous among us, uh, the general group I'm talking about as Americans, you know, that, I mean, Hamas is evil. I mean, this is a terrorist organization. What they've done has shown who they are. And there's, it's up there at the top of the list of the worst possible things any human being or group of human beings could do. And yet at the same time, we're, we're a little bit torn, right? Because we know we know that this whole area of the Gaza Strip is filled with people who are going to experience horrific suffering, who are not Hamas, aren't advocates of terrorism, are, are regular citizens. This just happens to be where they live, and we we feel for them, and, and we want to help them. And uh, so how do we process these challenges, right? We're not jumping out there and becoming, we're anti-indigenous people. No, 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 no. So what's really going on, and how do we handle it? How do we process it? We're certainly not pro Hamas, but we want, we, we don't wish any ill on, you know, the average uh, Palestinian citizen person, you know, the, the, the grandmother, the child, the, 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 the people walking the streets who, who are who probably prefer not to be under the rule and reign of the, the tyrants of, of Hamas. So how, how do we balance all those things? Because we want justice, we want retribution, we want victory for Israel over Hamas and at, at almost whatever it takes, you know, smash Hamas into, um, you know, complete annihilation, obliterate them. You, they, you, you shouldn't have to deal with them ever again after this because they've, they've more than shown their hand uh, in what they're committed to. And so for, for the good of humanity in a broader context, they, you, you're serving well to, to eliminate them completely and whatever it takes to absolutely defeat them. So, so how do we process that? Uh, that's what I want to go. Let, let's start. Let me give you a few things. Number one, we have to make the distinction and always keep clear the distinction between individuals and groups. We've got to do that. You know, always we make the distinction. We love individuals, but need to oppose certain groups. So, for example, we love individual Iranians. But we are strongly opposed to the Iranian regime. We love individual Palestinians, but we are opposed to the reigning Hamas regime. 
you know, as Christians, and I think as it spills out over into just us as Americans, we love people, individuals, we protect them, we serve them, we pray for them, each individual, no matter from which tribe or nation they come from. You know, it's on that individual level that we even have Jesus's amazing command where he says that we're supposed to love our enemies and pray for those who do us harm, who persecute us. And that is exactly what we do as Americans, right? Over and over consistently, we who've been formed by biblical truth. In fact, you hear these stories of American soldiers in combat over the last several years who will tend to individual enemy combatants who are wounded, save their lives, uh, give them medical care. And these are people that moments earlier were shooting at them, trying to take their lives. This is a uniquely American cultural heart. But now that's, that's how we deal with individuals. But what about groups? I want to look at groups in two distinct ways. You know, the first category of groups of people I would identify as cultures, different cultural groups. And, and the way we want to deal with cultures is to, in two ways. First, we want to respect, celebrate, and learn from. We believe that we can and should honor, respect, celebrate even, and learn from the all the different cultures in the world. We, we believe that every human being is made in the image of God and has intrinsic dignity, things within him or her to, to, to honor. And, and as an overflow, a byproduct of that, cultures of peoples have things to bring to the broader human race, to, to enable the enrichment of humanity. And so we can be honest about that. We can look for those things expect those things in, in really every culture. We can find great things and they ought to be celebrated. They ought to be respected. And we, even if we're coming from what we think that we, we think is a more advanced culture, we're humble and we understand there's things we can learn from any, every culture out there. And so, and we want to celebrate the contributions of that culture to the broader human culture celebrate the contributions of the individuals out of that culture. So it's awesome how we need to do that. But the second way we deal with cultures is we're not hesitant to, and we need to be willing to be honest about perhaps parts of the culture which aren't good. You know, we have to deal honestly with the negative elements in different and varied cultures. And, uh, you know, in this attempt to be compassionate and uh, elevating, respectful, honoring, kind to all cultures, I can't let that uh, somehow wash over us in some sense of of guilt to, to not then deal also honestly with negative elements. For example, I mean, you study the great Mayan empire. Well, okay, let's pick out the positive things to, to find there, but let's not hesitate. I mean, human sacrifice, child sacrifice, some of the other elements, let's call them what they are. They're de de despicable uh, and awful. I think similarly, I, I've not spent a lot of time in Palestinian culture uh, in its various forms, but I know in intuitively, inherently, that, that, that there's some great things to treasure there and value there. But if there's parts of it that have fed what we're seeing on display here of going and shooting and killing innocents, dragging them through the streets, spitting on their corpses, um, you know, just the, we, let's call that what it is. That's awful. It's atrocious. And so we can look at different cultures accept, learn from, be inspired by certain parts of it and reject and call it what it is when it's an, it's a negative one is when, when there's something in it that, that, um, you know, that 
uh, brings the the image of God in human beings down when when it when it uh, it deteriorates the 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 flourishing of humanity. It brings humanity down instead of up. We can call it what it is. This is negative. This is something we should reject. This is not a positive trait of that culture. And and if there's a different culture that does it differently or better, we can call that what it is. That's a better culture. Let's embrace that. Let's elevate that and let's reject the other. And this is why it's so critical for us, especially at this juncture in history as Americans, to get clearer on who we are, our identity, and what are the cultural markers that define that identity? And that's really at the heart of this whole thing. And that's what I mean by, you know, this leading a revolution of souls and society for us and getting back to what I think the cornerstone of our national identity has got to be and where it ties in soul and society is that we are one nation under God. That's our defining identity, uh, ID marker, if you will. And from it flow, the cultural distinctives uh, but we've got to get clear on that across this nation. Uh, elevate it, identify it, agree on it, and move forward on it. And it will produce, if we we take the right approach to it, it will produce a place that that enables human flourishing, human freedom, human dignity, uh, in a way that um, you know that that unfortunately most cultures around the world uh, don't enable. So that that's what we're after. If you've been with us through this podcast, or if you want to go back and pick up episodes, you'll catch that theme, and you'll see that uh, that's what we're driving to through this clarifying our national identity and culture. So we've got to get that so that we can, when we look at other cultures, so that we can identify them. You know, we, we can identify what those negative elements are we want to reject. We can identify what those positive ones are we want to learn from and incorporate into our own culture. So how our perspective on and handling of different cultures and people from different cultures, uh, how that ties into this rub that, that's irritating to, to many of us about Indigenous Peoples Day uh, being pushed in the U S how that ties in is in two ways. It, um, because we do, we've got to be honest when we're talking about cultures and what, why this rubs us is because there's some dishonesty embedded into it. Two points of dishonesty here in the whole push, uh, for many on the whole indigenous people's day to replace Columbus day. Um, the first thing that's dishonest about it is that the narrative, the false narrative presents um, you know, a, a false picture of everybody, all the tribes and cultures and people groups who lived in the Western Hemisphere before the European explorers, colonists uh, showed up, right? So you got this almost picture of the Navi on Pandora in the movie Avatar, you know, these super harmony, super heavenly kind of place. Uh, and that it's what it, what it then does does by contrast is says it's these Europeans, it's the Italians like Christopher Columbus, or it's the Spanish, or it's the English, or it's the Dutch, or the Germans, or whomever the others are. It's them that brought you know killing and slaughter and uh, enslavement and exploitation. That, that that's a completely dishonest reality, right? And so, uh, and it, the kind of the motivation just underlying it is to build this division and this hatred and this conflict. You know that the the Europeans are this and they're evil, and everybody else is is more noble. And and you know, and this the point of this episode isn't to go into the Marxist strategic initiatives or goals that that represents of of dividing societies so that they can be uh, taken over by a certain uh, ideological uh, group. But 
whew, it, 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 we just got to deal honestly because here's the honest truth. Uh, and, we, and we can call evil evil no matter which culture it generates from or whichever person or group of people within that culture it generates from. Uh, evil is evil. And, and, it, and it, the reality is, in this narrative behind the Indigenous Peoples Day, is the reality is that those things have existed in the Western Hemisphere before any Italians or British or Spanish or Dutch showed up. Uh, there's conflict. There's people taking each other's territory. There's people um, enslaving other human beings. There's people trying to annihilate whole other tribes and people groups. There was um, people killing and, and uh, destroying and, and everything evil that you see, whether you saw it pre-Columbus, whether you saw it in Europe, uh, whether you saw it in Africa, where you saw the, either saw it in South America or North America or uh, Asia, this is a human problem. These are global problems. And so, uh, so I know it's a little bit of what, what rubs us raw. And we know we want to elevate all the values in the different cultures, but also be honest about these. Now, the second point of dishonesty in this whole push for Indigenous Peoples Day is that it brings that false narrative to a much more diabolical, um, accusatory, accusational level present day. So it's trying to to paint a it's trying to grasp a false um, version of history, but then take that false version and make current day also false accusations. Uh, so what it does is it says, okay, so if you are European or of European descent, then that is you. You you wear a guilt of exploitation and enslavement and colonization or whatever you know, um, murder, um, genocidal. Uh, that's who you are. In fact, I've seen that it, it's the, the narrative has had some has gained some traction. I, I don't know if you re, I'm a pretty big uh, Marvel movie fan and the storylines. I love the superheroes and loved um, the Black Panther, the original Black Panther movie, of course, and, and Wakanda and all those things. But there's a one part in there, a little, little subtle jab, you know, humor in, in the context of the movie. But but it's just evidence of, of where this where these lies have gone and, we, and, and we've got to be on guard against. So um, King T'Challa's sister, you know, the, the, she's the minister of all the science and technology and the Brainiac uh, little sister doing all the cool technology stuff. But when the, the white guy shows up over there, the CIA guy, she refers to him and she's joking and he takes it well, but she calls him a colonizer, a colonizer. This is the, this is part of this, you know, this whole thing that rubs us about Indigenous Peoples Day. It takes if you are of white, you know, kind of European generally descent, then you are guilty of horrible atrocities, crimes against humanity. You're a colonizer. That guy, the character in the movie, never colonized anything or anybody in his life. Uh, neither did his parents or grandparents or great grandparents or any friends. And and. But this is where this, the, the undercurrent, the underlying um, narrative of this whole thing is going that we've got to be on guard for. So this is, as we talk about how do we deal with people and peoples, um, it's okay to call things out that aren't true. In fact, it's necessary. Um, so, you know, European descendants in, in the United States of America are not enslavers. They're not colonizers. They have not enslaved anybody, neither of their, any of their friends or coworkers or parents or grandparents or great grandparents. So, you know, it's just the, the ultimate, where does that lead to, to, to say that to people, to promote that? 
as a storyline, it leads to division. And we as Americans are different. And we do want to build and work toward and aspire towards an out of many one e pluribus unum. We want um, a unity. We're pursuing unity. That's what elevates humanity. So people who have a motive of trying to tear it down and divide, we're very suspicious uh, of of their motives. And we're going to reject it and call it for what it is outright because we've got something much, much better because we love uh, we love one another. Uh, so, so that's the first way I, I think we should categor- categorize groups, culture. The second way we deal with groups of people, I think, are regimes, regimes or um, you know political uh, entities uh, driven by certain ideologies and goals. And so, in this context, as we look at different regimes and control of geopolitical organizations, ultimately in control of militaries and control of allocations of resources, natural and otherwise. We've got to identify who they are, what their ideals and goals are clearly and correctly, and then we've got to deal with them conclusively, okay? And this is in no way um, contradictory to what Jesus says when he talks about, you know, love your enemies even and pray for them. And we do, we pray for even the members of these different regimes as individuals, but them as an entity reaping destruction on humanity have to be dealt with conclusively. And that's consistent with what the Bible teaches. It talks about human governments being instituted to, in essence, wield the sword. So as we have the opportunity as Americans to be a part of our government, uh, to have a voice in, to have a part, a say, a a vote, uh, an influence over what we do, meaning, in this case, our regime, our government, uh, what we do with our resources, what we do with our uh, our military, then we, we need to understand that the, the way to deal with regimes that are evil, whose ideology and whose goals are evil, they have to be dealt with conclusively. And so this is going back into Israel and the war now with Hamas, the Palestinians. Yeah, this is where it gets hard and where there's a delicate balance to try to hit if you are the head of the Israeli military or if ever the American military is involved. Listen, we know who we are in this context. This is why we've got to keep pushing to be clearer on and and to be more solidly um, true to the right kind of culture because we want to know that our cause is just, right? And we are. We, we, there's nothing out in the U.S. that, you know, that does hopefully that does evil, egregious evil. If so, we got to call it what it is and correct it. But we, we generally, we are the ones who are promoting unity. We're promoting peace. We're promoting harmony. We're promoting cooperation. We promote human dignity, respect for life. We, we promote the flourishing of human life globally. That's who we are. That is what we do. And so that cause in these battles globally that are spearheaded by the groups that we could call regimes, countries, national governments, the ones who have ideologies and goals contrary to that, diabolically contrary to that, have to be dealt with absolutely. There's not uh, a win-win kind of middle ground option in dealing with these regimes. And this is just having a wise view and an understanding knowledge of human nature, that there is evil, there are those determined to perpetrate evil for whatever their ultimate 
self-centered motive is down in there. And it's been that way through all of human history, and we can rightly expect it to be that way. We become delusional and dangerously vulnerable uh, when we forget that or, or somehow neglect to remember uh with the intensity that we need to, just how real that is. And I think that's, we're seeing that in Israel, right? Uh, we were in Israel in June. Uh, they've enjoyed a lot of peace lately, a lot of sense of security lately, and and maybe slightly eye off the ball to the threats right on their border. But in this particular case, as much as it grieves us to think for a moment of, a, of an innocent Palestinian being killed or losing a loved one through the attacks of Israel, I, I think... And I, and I believe, and we've got to try to say as much as possible, the rules of engagement are you do, you look out for the individual innocence, but the, there's the higher priority in this case is for the, for the greater good of humanity. Uh, these people whose ideologies are so twisted have got to be dealt with concretely. You, you must defeat these enemies, not entreat these enemies. We must defeat these enemies, not entreat them. So that's one of those key distinctions. Not only do we always distinguish between individuals and groups, but then there's a couple of different kinds of groups. Kind of one we might put under the heading of culture, and then you've got these that are regimes, these kinds of regimes. And here's what happens, and, and the, the, the history is even current, modern, it's, but you could this goes on and on all the way back through human history. I mean, some of our best allies and the, the partners in human flourishing cooperative efforts these days used to be our enemies, right? Over Germany, Japan, and the way that the threat they posed to the broader humanity was dealt with was they needed to be defeated and defeated absolutely. That's it. And that's going to be the case here with Hamas, with Hezbollah, with the regime in Iran. And the tragedy of all tragedies in this is all of those innocent people under the uh, the sway, the power, the thumb of those regimes, or uh, some of them will be um, tragically uh, will, will tragically have to suffer, but but they have to be dealt with. This is the only path forward for human flourishing in the broader context. And the more they're entreated or mollified over the course of time, or enabled, yeah, they they've shown their hand recently, and this is the way it has always been through history, and will continue to be. And so. I hope this helps you think about people and peoples, individuals versus cultures versus regimes. And and I would say, you know, this puts a lot of onus on us as, a, as those who happen to have had the privilege of being born as Americans is, um, you know, we need to get a little bit sharper in our application of this kind of knowledge. Uh, it's okay to call people with certain ideologies and uh, goals as enemies, right? Enemies of humanity, enemies of um, our goals, which are, which are human dignity and human flourishing. And I've been really struck by this. I, I think, obviously, Israel's got to absolutely defeat Hamas. That's, at some point, we absolutely defeat the regime in Iran. I'd love to see an uprising from within. Their own people overthrow their, their regime. Um, that'd be ideal, right? But... Uh, they've got to be absolutely defeated. They're, they're destroying lives, and that's their ideology. That's their intent. That's their goals. Uh, they've, there's, there's no negotiating with them. There's only defeating them. Um, and then the Iranian people and the American people will be great allies, great partners someday, hopefully. 
But here's, I, I take this one step further. I've been watching on the news the last few days. You see these protests going on in New York. I've seen them in uh, Washington, D.C., in Chicago. Even Congress people elected to Congress from Muslim uh, areas, I guess, in our country, waving Palestinian flags. Um, you know, at some point, and I don't know what all of our laws or processes or procedures are, and we absolutely, obviously honor those, but um, there, there's, there needs to be a, an honest assessment. Of the, these people are enemies of um, what our ideolo- ideology is, what our identity is as, as a people, and what our objectives are when you talk in terms of these larger groups. I think it might be good. Of course, if you're up on the streets in New York or D.C. or Chicago, you deal with each individual in the protest group and you love them. And if you can have a conversation with them, you you do and you're kind and compassionate. But but if their intent is going to aligns with Hamas, then there are enemies and it'd be great to identify them as such and and know what we have to do with enemies, which is defeat them. I, I grab all the protesters put them in a boat, get them as close to the shore of the Gaza Strip as you can and, and let, let them move there, let them go, uh, be a part of the group that they have aligned with because they certainly are not, have not aligned with, uh, with who, who uh, the best form of, of the United States has determined it is and wants to be. So I don't know if this helps you think through so many of these troubling things, the war that we see unfolding and all of the suffering that's going to be associated with it on both sides, but, and, uh, and some of the irritation I hear people have with, uh, with, well, we know something's not right here with this whole push indigenous people's day. Nobody's against indigenous people, but what's, what's going on here. So I hope some of these thoughts help you process and think about it. And I'll be excited to dig in next week. Also, we're going to, we're going to focus on the topic of, uh, of longevity and our quest to live forever and see what we ought to do with that. So, um, and if you still haven't gotten your tickets to our This Stuff Matters Night with Eric Erickson, go to our web, excuse me, our website and get your tickets. You've got until the 17th of October to get those. And I'd love to have you join us that night, October 26th. All right. Until next time, this is Tom Gray and This Stuff Matters. 